ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I am so excited today to have with me Mark Given. Mark is the founder of the Trust-Based Philosophy. He is a serial entrepreneur. He's been a businessman for many years, had his own businesses, and then um, became his most recent business is being a speaker. And he has taught or spoken at more than 1,200 events or programs on his trust-based philosophy systems, leadership, sales, personal, and business success customer service, networking, and negotiations, and has shared his message with tens of thousands of people and thousands of businesses. I um, He's also an author of many books and with a new one coming out, which I'm sure he'll share with us later. And I am just so thrilled to have Mark with us today because Mark thinks the way I do. It's all about relationships. It's all about trust and knowing people and and um, building those relationships. So I'm excited to get his take on on all of these topics. So welcome, Mark, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Janice. I'm just really thrilled. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here with you and uh, thrilled that uh, folks would listen in and have an interest in what we are so passionate about talking about and teaching about. So, Yeah, so I'm going to jump right in because uh, there's so many things I could ask you. I just finished reading your book, The Trust-Based Success, Proven Ways to Stop Stressing and Start Living. And uh, there's so many nuggets in that book by itself. I mean, I kept putting orange stickies on every single page, whether it was, whether it was a quote or it was uh, one, of your, uh, one of your strategies that you talk about in the book. And I, I call them proven ways because yeah. they, are, they are proven ways. All right. So, okay, well, let me start there before I go into what I was going to ask you. There were 20... Five, I think. Twenty-five in that book, yeah. Yes. Twenty-five in the trust-based success book, I think. Okay, can you think of the one that you utilize the most? Well, you know, it's a compilation of four decades of life. Although I'm older than that, um, I, it's somehow, some way, about the time I got out of high school and into college, I realized how important this relationship thing was. And although I didn't put my finger on the button of trust, that word, um, I realized that there are just so many important facets and, and pieces to building trust, maintaining trust. And, and so what came out of all of that, uh, in a broad stroke with answering your question, mm-hmm. is that I really discovered there's four facets of trust. And trust is taught as a concept, but it's not trust taught often as a science. And I really try to teach it as a science. So here's what I would say. The science of trust is critically important to our success in both business and life and relationships, whether they be professional or personal, because 
everything begins when you build trust and it ends when you destroy trust and you can spend a lifetime building trust and destroying it quickly. So I guess if there's a single principle, they all lead to one simple principle is to, to work hard at the four facets, which I'm sure we'll touch on it before yeah. we finish. And, and they all interconnect. They're all important. So all, all 25 things they're they're all to me, they're all equally important. Uh, just as the trust-based leadership book, there's 25 or 26 proven ways in that to stop managing and start leading, all intertwined. The trust-based selling book, proven ways to stop selling and start attracting because nobody likes an icky salesperson. So that's the reason I wrote that book, right? Because it's, it's, we're, we're just so much better off in the, in the sales world if we attract yeah. instead of repel. People love givers and they hate takers, right? They really, and then the newest book, which is coming out at the end of May, the trust-based networking book, proven ways to stop meeting and start connecting those 25 ways, the same thing. They are all equally important. So I guess what I would say is which one do you think is the most important of, <laughs> of what you read? Which one resonates with you the most? Well, you're, I think you're right because there's so many that resonated with me and, and it, it all comes back around to, I think, what you just alluded to and what I wanted to ask you first is those four stages of trust. So I want to go into those because they all, um, I see it when I talk about relationships and building relationships with people for um, whether you're doing it online or offline. And, and I think there's a disconnect for people sometimes today when they're doing so much online and they think they're doing a lot, but they're really not. Okay. Sure. So let's start first of all with the introductory stage. There's four stages of trust that you talk about introductory stage, rapport building stage, maintenance stage, and the apology the stage. Apology stage. That's correct. Okay. So let's start with the first one first introductory sure. stage. First and, and I, okay. And I really call that the grand opening. We were all taught probably as children, we were all said to at one time or another by our mother, or grandmother, or some important parent or, or guardian said to us, you know, you only get one opportunity to make a first impression. The only problem with that is what I learned as a child that you only have one opportunity. That is so true. But the reality of it is there's all kinds of studies now in science behind it to show that the we we form an opinion people form an opinion of us before we ever get to open our mouth and so they they form that opinion uh, unfortunately based on how we look and i don't mean necessarily how we're dressed but it, it that does affect it it's it's that it's our the aura that we have how we carry ourselves are we confident are we not confident do we look happy do we look unhappy you know, the, the, the beginning of building a relationship of trust is establishing a connection where people actually want to interact with you, right? Mm -hmm. And, and there's a science behind that. So the quick science, for the, all of those that will never buy my book, is <laughs> Harvard actually did a wonderful study. It took them 15 years. And what they determined in, in um, wiring thousands of people's brains was that people form an opinion on us in 50 milliseconds. 
that yeah. quick in less than a blink of an eye they see us they form an opinion now in today's world we call that profiling and that's such a it's kind of a brutal word it's a harsh word but in reality if that's the word we use today that's the truth i mean that's the way we see the truth so mm -hmm. so the reality is in 50 milliseconds and nyu would disagree with that they said it was like 33 milliseconds but <laughs> what makes a difference when it's that fast the the reality of it is that people form an opinion on us based on competence and care. Do we look like we're an ax murderer or do we look like we're uh, uh, an intelligent enough individual that they would want to connect with us? And then do we look like we're a good person? Do we look like we're a kind person? Do we appear to them that we're a giver, not a taker? And, and we express all that in our facial expressions, our body language, the way we carry ourselves, the way we dress, uh, it's the confidence, but not arrogance. So there's a whole series of words I would use on that. But the reality of that, without taking that any farther, is just the fact that we need to understand that when the grand opening, this first stage, is so critically important because people form an opinion on us so quickly. And as they do it on us, we're doing the same thing with them. We're, we're judging them immediately. And we haven't even had a chance to shake their hand or say a word or, or even, you know, even express ourselves verbally in, in any way. So the grand opening to me, the, the building trust, which is a verb to me, begins with that first visual. And it also is connected in that first email or that first text message, that first phone call. It's better if they see you, but if they don't see you, they still form an opinion on you without ever really knowing you well. Well, let's just, just dissect that for a second, because when you say that first email or that first um, message, uh, they've probably Googled you. and yeah, probably More and more today, that's right. Yes, and they've <laughs> seen a picture of you. And like, sure. I teach LinkedIn training, to LinkedIn yeah. as a social media uh, platform to people. And one of the things that we talk about at the very beginning is the first impression. And the first impression is your photo, your headline, and your banner on LinkedIn. Sure. And most people don't even have a banner. And if they don't have a photo, I don't even connect, bother connecting with them because they haven't taken the time to have a photo. But then that photo is really important, um, whether it's you with your grandchild on your knee or scuba diving or whether it's your head and shoulders and I can see the sparkle in your eyes, right? That sure. makes a huge difference. What's the message you want to deliver? Right. So, so even if it's online, that first impression is instant. So that's what I was getting at there. Now, there's something that you said in your book in this interview that I loved, and I'm just going to read it. Um, now you're talking about the Jack Canfield interview? Yes. That one. Okay, great. Sure. Okay. So, and of course, Jack Canfield is an amazing success principal person as well and a great mentor of mine. So that I, was, I will pause for a second and say, yeah. for me, this, when, when I got to spend some time with Jack, that was almost an Oprah moment to me. I've respected it. the man and, and, you know, just to have the opportunity for him to have a conversation with me about my books um, it was, oh, yeah, that's it was, priceless, priceless. I met him in Vancouver one time and I was in awe of him because he was amazing. Yeah. Okay, but so were you. And so Thank here, you. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, uh, okay, three steps, the three steps in the grand opening, sure. you, 
Okay. Um, in other words, instead of saying, hi, I'm me, you would say, hi, it's good to see you. Right. I, and I appreciate the opportunity for us to be here. Thank you for doing this. And then I'd share my name. And that is so good. That's a nugget right there. So talk to sure. me about that. I teach thousands of people when I get a chance to speak uh, in public for, you know, for companies or organizations yeah. or or, or all the different areas that people bring me in to speak and teach on, on this trust concept. When we're talking about this grand opening, I try to get people to understand. We actually even, I do a demonstration of it and then we practice it because we've been taught our whole lives a two-step greeting and we haven't been intentionally been taught wrong and it's better than nothing, but it's not as good as it could be. Uh, you know, uh, free throws win basketball games and those quick hockey shots win, win hockey games. And to me, going from a two-step greeting to a three-step greeting is a, is a game changer. It's a, it's a winning step. So, so let me answer your question. So two-step greeting is, hi, I'm. And so often, that's what we do. That's what we've all been taught. And so what happens is we walk away. We haven't made a very positive impression not necessarily a bad one, but not mm -hmm. as positive as it could be. And more often than not, we walk away and we don't even remember the person's name that we just met. And the reason for that is because on a two-step greeting, we, we've made it all about ourselves instead about them. And, and so we are more we, our brain is more concerned about the things that we're going to say next instead of listening and connecting with what they're saying. So I try to move people to a three-step greeting, which instead of a hi, I'm two-step greeting to a nice to see you, you can say any form of that introduction. Hey, I appreciate you having me on your podcast today. So right. it, it, the key word is you. So it would be you. Then the second one is so easy because you just say, thank you. You can say thank you for anything, you know? So, right. hey, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Thank you, Janice. Even though I just said it, I can repeat it again. The key is I've said the word you twice. And, and then I introduce my myself. And right. my name. That's right. And so, hey, it's good to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm Mark Given. And then it gives me an opportunity for them to say their name. Now, here's what's interesting about this, and we've just been, we've just proven it over and over and over. Can't explain. There are some things in this world we cannot explain. One thing I cannot explain is why, after you've said three things instead of two, are you more inclined for your brain to be quiet and listen? Mm -hmm. And you are more inclined to listen. You've said three things. And because you've said the word you twice, it is endearing people, it resonates with people. They don't understand or even realize what's just happened, mm -hmm. but, but you made the introduction about them instead of yourself. Instead of, hi, I'm, hey, aren't you so glad you got to meet me? Yeah. So, I'm so glad to meet you. So good to see you. Thank you for seeing me today. I'm Mark Gibbon. And then I shut off long enough to hear your word. And then I can quickly repeat your name back to you, which is absolutely golden. Mm -hmm. uh, even Dale Carnegie said that the, um, the, 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 how did he say it? He said back in the 40s, he said that um, the most cherished word that we hear in the English language is our own name. Mm 
Right. So he didn't say it exactly that way, right. but that's right. basically what he said, that we love hearing our name. Yeah. So that, that grand opening is part of, that. that is part of the first phase, moving okay. from a two-step greeting to a three-step greeting. And people walk out of these sessions when I speak for, you know, whether it's 10 people or a thousand people, and I've let them practice this and they walk away thinking, why haven't I, how have I not known this, right? Why is it that I've gone my whole life and done this wrong? This feels better. And the last part of it is that I always make sure wherever I'm speaking for whatever size group, I'm, when I get, I get there an hour early so that I can start meeting people as they come in and I am demonstrating the three-step greeting mm -hmm. to everyone as I, as mm -hmm. I, but, and, but they don't know it. Exactly. They, they don't know it, but they feel it. And so yeah. when I go to teach that, it, it's interesting how many people say, I noticed you did something different, but I didn't know exactly what it was. But the reality of it is you become more likable more trustworthy and uh, it's more approachable. Yeah. And so, you know, when you dress appropriately, you have the right attitude, you have the right body language, and then you well, you're welcoming and you're, you know, it, it's just, it's an immediate positive way to build trust. And remember I said, Harvard studied it and said, we need to have both competence and care, but yeah. care outweighs competence. This good feeling that you're a good person the three-step greeting does that. And I, I teach the world that if I, if given enough time, I will teach the world that principle. Hold that thought. Sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. And, and such nuggets because I mean, I'm the converted. I teach the same things sure. in my own way, sure. but, I, but when you say that, you know, people leave um, thinking about those things, I still think we only convert probably 20% of the audience, right? Sure. The 80, 20 sure whoever we we convert it's a it's a plus so i love that okay so that leads into uh the second uh stage of trust which is the rapport building rapport stage. building right this is my favorite part sure and, you know this is really what you do too the rapport building is where you really become more of a giver than a taker the world loves givers so what what that means is that we we um, to, to build reports, the beginning of uh, listening. So you ask more questions and you're listening. The, the, the being a giver and not a taker carries really on into the third phase, but it begins in right. two. So two is more understanding that a giver would be more interested in asking questions than Be talking. more interested than interested. Right. In fact, Jack Canfield said that he said his wife taught him that, yeah. Yeah. that he would be more interesting if he would, um, you know, if he would talk less and listen more. And, right. and he didn't say it in an unkind way, but that's what it says in the book. If we would be more interested than trying to be interesting. That's right. And that's really what the second phase is all about. The second part of building trust is to, is to be a good question asking person to be, be curious right engaging to be curious and, and interested and to be sincere about it right Absolutely. to be really sincere about you're you'll be amazed well i'm always constantly amazed at how much i can learn when i just shut my mouth because i know so <laughs> i don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named steve shapiro but i think that was his name i re i used to teach um uh 
customer service skills to people. And uh, I read his book and he had some great stories in it. But he taught me that um, an anagram for the word listen is, you know? I don't. Silent. Oh, because it's, that's right. Yes. Oh, that's right. Isn't that brilliant? That is, that is, that is great. That I'm so is glad brilliant. I got to teach that to you. So <laughs> listen is silent. So sure. shut up and listen. Be silent and pay attention to people. I think that that's a really um, kind of, you know, aha in a way for people, right? So think of it that way. And I spent so- some time with my son this morning. We took a couple hours and went fishing. Oh, and, how lovely. Um, yeah, this is my oldest son. And he was telling me a story. He's just recently moved. And he was telling me a story that uh, uh, a couple had come over to their house last night, you know, yeah. and brought their children. And they have they had a small child that was maybe seven or eight years old, a younger child, and really tremendously shy, tremendously shy when they came in. Blaine said, I tried to talk to him. They didn't have anything to say. They spent some time with their children. And maybe an hour and a half or so they visited. And he said, when we, when we left, because now we had built some rapport, we'd asked questions, we gave them a chance to talk. Now it was as if the child did not want to leave. So Aww. this shy child yeah. became open, friendly, engaged, interested. Why? Only because even Blaine's children... I'd like to take credit for their his children being that wise, but I'm sure I have no, I, I can take no credit for this. I'm, I'm sure it's really all my wife. So Gigi is responsible for all that. But because they have learned to also this important principle to, to ask and listen, it's just amazing how people open up and they'll tell you, they'll, they'll just open up the, you know, the it's, it's, and it's a lot more fun. It's yeah, a lot more fun. Totally. I love being able to, you know, come up. I have actually a story of my husband on the golf course with uh, a foursome and he'd come home and he'd say, and he says, um, so, you know, uh, Len and I played with this really nice couple today that were here from Australia. And I said, oh, that's great. So what do they do and where do they live? And I'm asking all these, he said, I don't know, we were playing golf. Like he didn't ask them anything, right? And I would, I would have their life history in five minutes. So, so, so the key to phase two is that we would ask more questions, be consciously interested exactly. in asking instead of talking, right? In exactly. fact, my father taught me, who was a, an appliance salesman for Sears, but he taught me years ago uh, a very difficult principle called the 90-10 principle. And if you got really good at it, he said, you would only speak 10% of the time and you would listen 90% of the time. Exceptionally difficult to do. Especially for salespeople. Oh my goodness. But he just said, he said, Mark, I, I sell, I outsell all of the other salespeople at the store because I talk less and listen more and they want to sell, 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 sell. And he said, I just let people sell themselves. I just become, you know, I, I just direct them to solve their problem, but I got to find out what the problem is. And I can't be, I can't solve the problem if I don't know what it is. Exactly. That's, that's so true. Okay. So um, we've um, had the um, grand opening. We build rapport and we are now working with these people and they built, we built a, a, an initial relationship with them. So stage three 
that you talk about of the four stages of trust is the maintenance stage. That's right. And this is the heavy giver stage instead of being a taker. Um, The world really does love givers. And I've said that multiple times. I don't, when, when I'm talking about being giving, I don't necessarily mean that we have to give everything away and give all our money away and give all our stuff away. We just have to be generous, generous with our, our, our time, generous with our, our abilities and our talents, uh, generous with our finances when, when that's appropriate. But the world embraces those that are good-hearted, giving people. And, and they, uh, we all tend to, to step away from people that are takers. And, um, and we know takers. I mean, we all know people that take, 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 take. And, and the, the more generous that we are, the, the kinder that we are, uh, the more successful we'll be. And, it, I, and I don't mean necessarily that it's all about money because well, money will solve all our problems anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but you'll have a, a better life, you'll have better relationships, you'll have a, a deeper, meaningful um, day, week, month, year, lifetime when we are generous with our abilities and our talents. And so, mm-hmm. so people that build rivers of trust are givers. They just are, they give generously. So this is where I think is a good place to talk about um, kind of a sideline as part of this um, maintenance stage, as you called it, um, to me is about something that you and I both um, feel very strongly about. And that is spreading kindness. Absolutely. Doing it through uh, sending personal notes to people. I do it, you know, through um, send out cards, you send personal notes, but they're both the same because they both come from the heart and it's not necessarily, um, uh, well, I'm going to go to this, my favorite quote, which says it all, Maya Angelou, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Feel. That's exactly what you say. And it's all about the, the uh, heartfelt message that comes across and that makes somebody smile or cry or feel just, you know, cared about. So um, when we're serving others and we're giving rather than taking, it, it's about the little things in my mind, and I'm sure that you agree. Um, so, and I want to just take it for a minute to today's world of social media, okay, because everything gets lost there. It's like happy birthday on the, you know, on the, on the Facebook page means nothing really. It's like someone says, how many fat happy birthdays did you get on your Facebook page? You know, 426 was mine. Like who cares? Because <laughs> you don't really even know. Right. Sure. So sure. It's, it's the people that heaven forbid, pick up the phone or send a personalized card um, to, uh, to you that makes a bigger difference impact and a bigger difference but you have to do it with the right heart so um how i see um the facebook and the uh all of the social media platforms this morning i uh, noticed a girl that is a, has been a client and i've known her for a long time through networking she just got 
some amazing award in her industry. And she posted this lovely picture. I took the picture, put it on the front of a card and sent her a congratulations card. Yeah. See, that's the beauty of send out cards too, because send out cards will allow you to do that. That's right. So it's done. Like I did it in two minutes and that to me, she'll keep that because it'll have her picture on the front. And it's a beautiful picture that she had on, on her um, Facebook page. And I can celebrate her that way. And it shows that I've taken that extra few minutes to do that. And I'm not saying that because I'm showing off. I'm saying it because those are the little things that make the difference. Sure. When you're unexpected, right? The unexpected heartfelt card. And I know you talk about sending two cards a day, I think. As ten a week. Yep. A week. Two, two a day, 10 a week, 50 weeks out of the year. So that, um, you know, if, if I, there's no question in my mind that if you, if an individual send out regularly, mm-hmm. um, some form of personal communication brief, you know, it, you said it, it only took you two minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's the beauty of it that, you know, the real goal is not, it's not about, it's not about, um, if I do this, they'll give you, if you do that for her, she'll do something for you in return. No, not That's not the principle. The principle is you, let's do something to congratulate her and it makes her feel good, but I bet it made you feel good too. Well, I bet it made you feel good. Other piece, right? So right. Um, a client of mine last week, he was so excited. I had called him for, um, just to check in. And, and I knew that his wife was expecting a baby. And I said, how's it coming? What, where's it? He says, we're in labor right now. And I went, <laughs> Oh my God, how exciting. You have to let me know. So um, sure enough, the next day or two, he posted pictures that they have this new beautiful baby girl. And so I, again, took those pictures, put them on a card, sent the card with a little baby giraffe um, stuffed toy and sent it off. He emailed me or texted me, very quickly when he got it and said, that was so nice of you. And, and it was just because I wanted to celebrate with him. It was for no other reason. And those are the little things that make the difference that I think make you remembered. And then the law of reciprocity starts to work. Right. That's that's right. You know, it's, it's really not people get, I'm concerned that people feel like it takes a lot of time to uh, connect on a personal level. And the truth is it doesn't. In fact, you don't want to waste people's time with it. So the beauty of social media to me as, and you've said this too, is the information that I can gather from social media, Mm -hmm. which gives me a reason then to, to send a card, to make a phone call, or if they're, if they're local to, to just to do a, quick stop by or drop by, right? Mm-hmm. Or to invite them. There's a wonderful book. I've mentioned it hundreds of times by Keith Ferrazzi, um, a book called Never Eat Alone. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, that book came out, I don't know, probably mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But that the principle is, hey, we already like to eat. And so if you've got somebody that, that you know there's something going on and you could invite them over for a an orange juice in the morning for 10 minutes on the way to work. Yeah. Why not do that? You eat anyway. Right. So anyway, those three touches for me are critically important. So hand, the, the hand, the handwritten or the, the mm-hmm. personal note, let's call mm-hmm. it a personal note, yep. the phone call, right? The two minute phone call mm-hmm. 
or you know when it's appropriate the drop by or the quick invitation for somebody to just hey have why don't you have lunch with me uh, let's take 30 minutes and have lunch you know you know uh, uh, somebody just uh, texted me this morning and said um, hey I'm in your neighborhood do you have time for coffee I'll buy and I said yeah. you know I was actually quite flattered that she did that I sure. couldn't but I said I had appreciated the offer and uh, let's do it you know again soon and she said no worries it was last minute but the fact that she did that was really special sure yeah, so, the, that's the third the third phase the the maintenance stage. Um, you know, we we really can't if we have a database of two thousand people or a thousand people or twenty thousand. You cannot manage. You cannot physically manage all all of that on a personal one to one. That's where social media does allow you to interact. Well, but, I have to throw that in. That's where send out cards can help. You. That's that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But. Yeah. But realistically, you don't need 20,000 people to create the life of success and happiness and joy you're seeking anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, your tribe doesn't have to be that big. And so it's just a matter of who should I have? I I keep a list right, right over here on the door beside me in my office of my, as it relates to business, my 50 top producing clients. Now it's just, it's just a single sheet, handwritten, it's just got those things. I can type it in if I want to, but I see it all the time. I see it every week. And all it does is it reminds me, what have I done for those people lately? You know, have I made a call? Have I sent them a note? Yeah. Have I invited them? And like in your case where your friend invited you to, for a cup of coffee. Um, the, there's, a, there's always a key group of people, but then you want to bring more people into that, in, into that group. So, the maintenance stage is knowing that you cannot maintain a personal relationship with thousands of people, mm-hmm. not a personal one-on-one type deal, but you can have, you can interact with them. That's why I do a, I do a weekly, you do a, you do a podcast. Yeah. I do a weekly email, right. That goes out to, to, I don't know, 60,000 people or something. And then I can, when they email me, I connect back. Some of them, I write a handwritten note. Some of them, I make a personal call. So it's all that thing. It's, it's, I call it, it's important to categorize and prioritize. So categorize in other words, and prioritize. That's categorize true. and prioritize because you cannot write a handwritten note to everyone. So that's why I say 10 a week. That's manageable. Two a day, five days a week, 10 a week. And, um, you know, somebody might get one more than once over the course of a year, but not, you know, most people, they'll get a single card from me, you know, and that card is, well, I know how I feel when I get one, right? Because I don't get them very often. So you feel, So here's the other thing. So I teach people to um, stay connected over yeah. the year, like with send out cards, you can send groups of cards at the same time. Sure. So it's still that same two minutes, but you sent 50 cards, sure. 100 cards at the same time. And you have personalized them. I will say that. Yeah. However, they're serving the purpose of, of, being in front of someone with a heartfelt greeting that makes you be remembered. Okay. Instead of once a year, it's four times a year. You're remembered. Sure. Absolutely. So the, thing, so the thing about that is that I'm going to challenge you and I, and then I'm going to move on to the last. Um, okay. Piece because okay. This is taking longer than I thought, which I love, but I don't want okay. our audience to get bored. I want them sure, to. I don't want them to either. Yeah. But um, I challenge you to look at the next 
30 people on the list. So you've got your top 50. Okay. You take right. the next 30 or the next 50 or the next 25, whichever number feels right, and start some kind of a program with them and see if it increases the referrals or the business that you get from them the following year. Absolutely. I agree with that. Totally yeah. agree. Yep. So that's something. Okay. So now we're at stage four. We've got introductory, grand opening stage, rapport building stage, maintenance stage, and the last stage, which is kind of, mm, is the apology stage. Yeah, it's really, the, it's really the easiest one. Okay. It's the most difficult, but it's the easiest one to explain. Um, none of us are perfect. I've never really met anybody, that, you know, not in my life that was perfect. We all make mistakes. So the apology stage really is the repair stage. It's what we do when we've made a mistake. The beauty of understanding the apology stage is that if you've done the other three, you've gotten through the introduction stage and you've done it well, You've gotten through the, the, the maintenance stage, the rapport stage, you know, so one, two, three. And then when we mess it up, if you build a foundation, when you get to the apology stage, if you do it right, you've got a much better chance that they're going to forgive you and you can rebuild the relationship. If you haven't built trust, it's over. But if you built some foundation of trust, so how do you do that? The apology stage is admitting that you did something wrong. That's very difficult for some people. Yes. People don't want to be, I don't want to be wrong. Nobody wants to be wrong, but you have to admit that you, that you did something wrong. Then you have to be kind enough to say to the person, I understand how this may have made you feel, or I believe this may have made you feel this way. Mm -hmm. And then you apologize for that. And then the third piece is then you promise to not do it again. And you will tell them what you will do to recover, to make it up to them. How will you make it up to them, right? That's and then number four, you never do it again. You just yeah. don't do it again. So it's really admitting that you did something wrong, telling them how, how you believe it made them feel or how it might make you feel if it had been, you know, roles reversed. Mm -hmm. Tell them what you will do to make it better, right? And apologize, sincerely apologize. And then number four is you keep your promise. You do not do it again, right? You learn from the from from the stupid thing that I did, and yeah. right, and then I just don't do that again, right? And so, yeah. uh, it, it, it's it's really beneficial because if we're smart enough to use the apology stage every time we make a mistake. If I made a mistake with you, Janice, I could learn from that mistake, not make that mistake with somebody else. Right. And those four pieces of that, if I'm conscious of those, mm -hmm. it helps me learn and remember. Yeah. And actually not do it again. So, you know, right. in, uh, in, in the world of religion, they would call it repentance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the world of uh, just for those that aren't religious, it's just getting, you know, acceptance for the fact that we're not perfect and allowing us to be imperfect humans, accepting an apology, and then moving on. The problem is we need to do the four stages, even if the other person chooses not to accept it because you need to do it for yourself, right? To right. learn from the experience. Right. So, for sure. So, oh. so, so that we get better and better and better as we, uh, as we learn from the mistakes we make. So, so Mark, there are so many nuggets in there and it was, uh, I could go on for hours, but we have to end this. Sure. We have to do it again. And we have okay. so much more we can talk about. So I'm going to ask you, um, first of all, how can my audience find you? 
All right. Well, I would, I'd actually love for anybody that listens to the podcast to, uh, to go on my website to markgiven.com, M-A-R-K-G-I-V-E-N.com. Perfect. And, uh, and either do that or just email me at mark at markgiven.com and sign up for my weekly message, Mark's Minute, um, which is just designed to be inspirational or motivational. It's about life. It's about, sometimes it's about business. Sometimes it's about creating success. Sometimes it's about leadership. It's about all the things that I talk about in relation to trust. So I would love to connect with them on a regular basis if they have, if I resonate with them at all. And so Mark, given.com or mark at mark given.com uh or i'm sorry mark at mark given i'll put it in the show notes don't yeah. worry that's yeah. all good and, uh, and you have a new book coming out tell us about that yeah so the new book should be out uh the, it's at the publisher now they've given me a may 24th release date i wish i could say that i had total trust that, <laughs> that would be the actual date but it may or may not be but i know it should be the end of may very first of june at the worst uh, trust-based networking, proven ways to stop meeting and start connecting. Uh, I can't wait to read that. And then we'll talk about that next yeah. time because um, I'm all about, are you a connector or a, co- a collector? Oh yeah. Very good. So, yeah. so actually I will tell you this. Uh, obviously I have a number of different editors. My wife is the one that is the most open about editing. Uh, <laughs> she just tells me the truth. This is yeah. good. This is not good. You could say this better. Uh, of the, of the, uh, this is the uh, fourth of the trust-based philosophy books. And she, will, she told me uh, before we sent it out to the publisher, she said, Mark, this is the best of the four so far. This is the oh, best. So that's I'm awesome. really excited that uh, if she feels that way, that we'll get it out. I, I, you know, she felt that way and, and she's, she's kind but honest. And so, uh, so I, I am excited about that one coming out. Uh, the, I'm taking a, uh, a writing trip in June and I'm going to write the trust-based negotiating book. Oh. So, uh, so that will be out probably uh, later this year, October, November, something like that. And I'll probably write another, I, I, I haven't put a number on it yet. So I, I'm, I'm confident that I will write another uh, three or four more books in the trust-based philosophy series, trust-based relationships. Um, I, I just haven't decided on all the topics yet because there's, so many things I could write about when it comes to building trust. Yes, for sure. Mark, anyway, I'd love for them to connect with me. Absolutely. And I will put that in the show notes. And um, one last thought, any last thought you want to leave with my listeners? No, you know, <clears throat> you, um, when we were connecting by email to begin with setting this up, one of the questions that you had that you might ask me was one of my favorite quotes. And so I will tell you, I will tell everybody this quote, there was a philosopher back in the early 1800s. His name was Herbert Spencer. I wasn't there when he said it, but they say he said, the great aim of education is not knowledge, but action. And so that is actually one of my most used quotes because I just believe it's so true. There's so many wonderful things we can learn in life, but if we don't take action on them, if we don't share them with other people, if we don't learn and then grow from the experience, you know, knowledge is, does, has no power if we don't take action. And so the great aim of education is not knowledge, it's action. I hope in some way for these few minutes we've been together, Janice, that we've not only given them some things to think about, your listeners, but some, some things they can take action on. 
even if it's only moving from the two-step greeting to the three-step greeting or being better at the pieces of apology, right? Mm -hmm. Or understanding that people love givers and, and they don't love takers, right? Uh, and if we would listen more and talk less. So th that's what building trust is all about. Oh, Mark, thank you so much. That was such a pleasure. And if um, uh, anyone wants to get hold of you, they know where they can. I will put it in the show notes. And, and it's just been a delight. Thank you so much. Well, it's been my joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.